Hi, this is Fulton Bot, Steve here. It's been a long summer so far, and it's been a summer pretty much without an episode of Into the Vertical Blank. We're in kind of a summer lull right now, working on stories for the fall and for the end of the year and the end of the season. But I didn't want to leave everybody with nothing, so we decided to run a shorter story as a bonus. This is a story I wrote a few years ago about an event that I see as the end of Atari and the beginning of Nintendo, or really the end of the first age of video games and the beginning of the next. This is sort of a bonus for the Electronic Games episode we had a few episodes ago. This is a story entitled The Exact Moment Nintendo Won the Video Game War. I hope you enjoy it. The exact moment Nintendo won the video game war, February 12, 1985. An article in the second to last issue of Electronic Games Magazine, entitled Nintendo's Final Solution. Known for arcade classics like Donkey Kong and Punch-Out in the US, Nintendo has built its reputation in Japan as the leading manufacturer of home video game systems with its Advanced Video Entertainment System, AVS. Having sold more than 2.5 million AVS units there, Nintendo has decided to distribute the AVS here, perhaps as early as this spring. Considering that the video game market in America has virtually disappeared, this could be a miscalculation on Nintendo's part. Described as similar to Atari's never-released 7800 system, and as an improvement over ColecoVision, the AVS features a Nintendo Arcade Games Hall of Fame series and a light wand that is intended for target-type games. The joysticks are wireless, and no other cartridges are compatible with the AVS. A keyboard may at some point be sold as an accessory. And that's the end of the article. February 12, 1985. That's the day that Nintendo won everything. It was the day the second-to-last issue of Electronic Games magazine was published in the USA. Electronic Games had been, since 1981, the de facto standard for video game news and information for the golden age of video games. The creators of Electronic Games magazine, Arnie Katz, Bill Kunkel, and Joyce Worley, pioneered video game journalism. In the pages of their magazine, the rise and fall of the first great video game age was chronicled and recorded. However, by the end of 1984, a huge shift was occurring in the gaming world in the USA. Video game companies were going out of business at an astonishing rate, and the zeitgeist at the time held that consumers were all moving to low-cost computers like the Commodore 64 and Atari 800XL. Because of this, the publisher of Electronic Games magazine decided that the services of Cat's Kunkel and Worley were no longer needed. Even though the team were a trusted group of journalists who had built hard-won credibility with the gaming public, they were shown the door. Their expertise in video games was no longer necessary. The last few issues of Electronic Games magazine, published in 1985, February, March, and April, were used to burn off a backlog of stories written by the original creators while prepping the magazine to shift full-time to computers with a new publication named computer entertainment. Even though the magazine started as a dedicated publication for video games, the March 1985 issue had very little coverage of gaming consoles. Besides a handful of clearing the plate style reviews for end-of-life video games like Congo Bongo for the ColecoVision, 
Beam Rider for the 5200, and Frogger 2 3 Deep for the 2600, there was only a single news item about video games named the aforementioned Nintendo's Final Solution. having an amazingly insensitive and, as history would show, totally ironic title, the story was about the imminent release of the Nintendo AVS, Advanced Video Game System. The new editors of Electronic Games felt that this might be a miscalculation because the video game market in America had virtually disappeared. Obviously, using all available information, this is the only story they could have written about the AVS. They had recently fired the only people involved with the magazine that knew anything about video games. Would Katz, Kunkel, and Worley have treated the story in a different way? The trio always heralded the arrival of a new console with a sense of awe and wonder that matched their gaming enthusiast readership. Would they have dug into the story, found out about the Famicom in Japan, and followed up the story with an interview and in-depth report about the console? We may never know, but we also know they were never given a chance. Personally, I don't even recall reading this news item about Nintendo. I had my subscription to Electronic Games at the time, and I was still reading every issue, but maybe not as thoroughly as I had in the past. I too was seduced by the power of computers, and I believe they were the key to my future. Even though I had grown up with arcade and console games, by 1985 I spent nearly all my time playing games and writing programs in BASIC on my Atari 800. I probably skipped the news section of Electronic Games that issue to jump directly to Bill Kunkel's in-depth report on computer software piracy, the last in-depth story of his ever published in Electronic Games. There was one more issue of Electronic Games published in March of 1985, the April issue, but it was effectively the first issue of Computer Entertainment. The last vestiges of Electronic Games magazine had been wiped away. The focus of the magazine at that historic moment was on the home computer revolution. Any story about console video games was just an unfortunate distraction to their goal of relaunching a magazine for what they thought was a new era. And that was that. That little story about Nintendo became the last of hundreds of stories Electronic Games Magazine published about video games. It just so happened to also be a report about the video game system that would one day take over the world. The release of the AVS, which would be subsequently reconfigured and renamed the NES, arguably the most important event in the history of video games, was brushed off as an inconsequential also-ran. Not even worth investigating further. The pioneering voices, Katz, Kunkel, and Whirly, of the video game revolution had been silenced. It would be many years before another mainstream publication dedicated to video games would arrive in the newsstands in the USA. In the absence of an independent magazine dedicated to video games, in-depth and investigative journalism was replaced by magazines published directly by console manufacturers. All the information was controlled. The enthusiasts had no voice. The war was over before it even started. Okay, I know that was a short one, but I thought it was a really interesting time and place and a story to kind of follow up the electronic game story we had earlier this year. So I hope you enjoyed it. Hey, as another note, this is uh, Steve again, Fulton Bot. 
I was uh, diagnosed with um, a spinal condition that makes using my right arm extremely difficult. So, I just wanted to point out that this episode was created 100% with my left hand. I'm retraining myself to do all my computer stuff with my left hand. After 32 years of using a computer mouse with my right hand, I'm trying to learn how to do it with my left hand. It's also the reason why this episode is only about seven minutes long, because it takes me about eight times as long to edit with my left hand than it does with my right. But anyway, we're getting there, and it actually feels good to be able to do something with my left hand. Hey, and as a bonus, does it mean if I'm using my left hand that now will be far more creative than I was when I was using my right hand? Is that the way it works? I don't know. I guess we'll find out in some of the upcoming episodes. Also, a few more things. I'd like to note that most of the samples used in this episode were from the 8-bit weapon sample pack, so check that out online. It's really cool and really worth getting. Um, we got some great reviews on iTunes. Thank you very much. Keep them coming. Uh, I'd like to point out that Tony Longworth has a new remix of the Into the Vertical Blank song. It sounds great online. Go check that out on YouTube. And uh, thanks to all of our Atari friends and Gen X friends and story friends and memoir friends and everybody who likes to listen to this uh, weird jumbled podcast that is uh, history, memoir, stories, gaming, culture, and everything else. It's everything we like thrown into one thing, and I really appreciate everyone who comes to listen every time and make comments and just generally it's great to have people that are out there uh, listening to what we have to say and commenting and uh, exploring what it is to be inside the vertical blank. Next frame calculated, prepare to write new data, V blank ending. An 8-Bit Rocket Studios production.